Netfront Presence is brought to you by Closets by Design. Update your closet, garage, office, pantry, and more. Imagine your home totally organized. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by the beat reporter Matthew DeFranks. Uh, our heroes back in action after the All-Star break. Got off to a good start, uh, beating up on a couple of bad teams after the break. But then, uh, you know, Matt, a little bit of a reality check here the last couple of games. Uh, tough outing against Nashville, a team you're in contention with for a, a playoff spot. And a couple, a couple of losses to Toronto, a very good team. So a little bit of a reality check for a team that's had been outperforming its metrics and winning some games. Yeah, and I think that's a key point there. I mean, they had been outperforming uh, their metrics and, and winning games that probably shouldn't have been in the uh, that little win streak they put together, winning seven out of eight games. And, you know, now losing three out of the last four, it, it's not so much the way they've lost, to be honest. It, some of it is the circumstances. I mean, that, that game in Toronto last week where they're missing Marner, Tavares, Riley, and you know Bobby McMahon comes out of nowhere and puts up a hat trick. That's that's someone that's tough to swallow. You know the the game on Saturday against Nashville, where it's a team that you're fighting for a playoff spot with. Like that one's just tough to to swallow. And um, you know Toronto yesterday afternoon, they didn't play all that poorly. But the things that we've talked about for the last few weeks is well, they're they're getting special teams and goaltending. And that's what's kind of been leading them through. And you know, yesterday they lost a special teams battle, and that was basically you know the game in the third period there. So uh, it's it's funny when when I asked Brandon Saad after the game yesterday, hey, like, what's what do you feel has been different these last four games than the previous eight? He said, well, we're just not getting the bounces, which is a, an oddly uh, honest answer that maybe he doesn't realize how honest it is, um, just because that was what was going right in, in to an extent when they're winning games, they were getting uh, the right bounces and they're getting them at the right times and timely saves and special teams goals and all that stuff. And uh, the last few games have been, you know, a, a few fewer bounces. Yeah. And against Toronto in the second game, this really came out to it, this team, uh, really just a handful of things that, uh, that went against them that Toronto was able to capitalize. I mean, you make big mistakes against a skilled team, um, this is what can happen. So there weren't a, weren't a ton of mishaps out there, but against a team that's got world class talent, you know, when you got Nylander, you got uh, Matthews, you got Marner, um, you know, you can't make the sorts of mistakes. Uh, a bobble high in the offensive zone on a on a power play scenario, uh, for instance, or, or losing coverage. You just things like you know, you're going to pay a price against highly skilled teams for when that happens. Yeah, and even the play that that Nyes made, like that was uh, that was a heck of a shot that he that he put on goal there and and beat Hofer with. I mean, that release was so quick. It, I honestly had to look up and see that it was you know, twenty three and not thirty four uh, for Toronto over there. Uh, but yeah, they 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 got a good skilled team, and this is uh, you know sometimes when you don't play with a ton of margin for error, when you're not controlling the game like maybe you should be, when you're not creating enough chances you you tend to to leave fewer less margin for error and that's when the mistakes that you know, when they have three mistakes in a game they come back to bite you and 
Um, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes for the Blues when they're not dominating teams that the way that uh, you know teams that win seven out of eight maybe should. Yeah, realistically, when you look at where these guys are, they they did push up to uh, uh, seven games over five hundred. They mm -hmm. took care of some business, like I said, coming out of the break. Um, you know, Buffalo they had some good shifts in that game. Um, you know, and so that was a plus. You know, Montreal game. It was a mess. Montreal was a mess. Jake Allen was a mess in goal. The game was just kind of a kind of a you know. That was really a weird one. Yeah, not not a not a not a shining uh, moment for the the Habs franchise there. So they you know they get through that and then, man. Um, so you're thinking everything's great, but this Western Conference race is is going to be difficult. Some other teams have you know made a push. You look at Minnesota coming to life, for instance, yeah. uh, a team that you know, I had written off because there's just too many things have gone wrong for them. Well, no, they're they're still hanging in there. Uh, Calgary uh, put up a bit of a fight here um, as well, despite trading away uh, Lindholm and putting other guys in the market. So, yeah, it's not going to be easy to get to the finish line if you're still trying to get to that last playoff spot. Uh, the rivals in the Western Conference aren't, aren't going to just let them have it. Yeah, and, you know, if you had said uh, at this point, maybe, you know, a month and a half ago, uh, hey, the Blues are, are in the second wild card spot. They're they're up two points. Uh, you know, they're in a decent spot. I think you, you probably would have taken it. Um, but the fact that they were kind of starting to separate a little bit from the pack by winning seven of eight. And obviously they weren't going to win seven of eight the rest of the season. That's just an unrealistic mindset. But you look at the standings now and, and Nashville's two back, Minnesota's two back, Seattle's three back, Calgary's three back. Like all these teams are bunched together. And for the most part, they have the same amount of games played. I mean, Calgary has, has one more game played than the other four teams, but they're all pretty much on equal footing uh, heading into these last two months of the season. And to me, it's not so much about the, the last two months because uh, that's plenty of time to, to kind of, get your race in order right but it's about the next uh, i think i kind of was it seven or eight games uh, before the trade deadline um yeah eight games before the trade deadline and what do the blues look like at, at that point you know uh we've seen in the past where if they're a bubble team you know doug armstrong isn't adding to the group uh, you know sometimes he doesn't subtract from it either but uh they're probably going to be a bubble team in eight games and we'll see what uh what that means for you know the gm of the team yeah, and when you look at the team, I, I figure it's a chance to possibly to add and subtract. I mean, the bigger goal is to, um, you know, feed the uh, to build a, the bigger nucleus around the, your prime age guys. Uh, you've had some encouraging things happen this year. Uh, Jake Neighbors looks like he's going to be a solid top nine, maybe even a top six winger, depending on how the, the lines settle. But it's just nice to know that he can have that offensive side to add to that. Add that uh, Tarpchenko and his role. It's a bottom six guy between the third and fourth line, uh, showing some promise, some upside there. So you've got a couple guys that have played well. Kessel stepping in, filling in. That's been a positive. But the nucleus still needs a lot more players. You know, you need more talent. And it's a while before the guys they drafted last year uh, helped this team. So, you know, as he I mean, navigates the twin tracks, I mean, clearly, if he's going to retool, he needs more. And he needs to add and and uh, at some point to prime age guys, but therefore subtracting may be necessary to, um, you know, particularly trying to get younger through all this process. Yeah, I mean, that's the uh, that's the difficult thing. I mean, we've talked about it here before that this is a tightrope they're trying to walk. I mean, they're they're two 
good of a roster to be bad just based on the the players that they have and uh they're too bad of a roster to be good like again just based on the the talent level that they have i mean they have enough guys that are decent nhl players that they're they're going to be in this mix for for the playoff spot but yeah i think i've looked before about stanley cup teams and um their highest drafted player whether they acquired them would be a trade or or drafting them themselves and you know all, pretty much every team has one that's drafted in the top five if not the top three or top two and it's not something that the blues are going to be looking at this year the next year probably or anything like that so if you're not able to to get into that spot in the draft i mean you have to find alternate ways to find talent right and they've done a good job of drafting deeper in the first round and even the second round when you look at a guy like Cairo. But if you can find ways to to win trades and and develop talent that way, uh, that's something that, that Doug Armstrong has shown a, an ability to do in the past. And in order to kind of build more talent, he's going to have to do it again here. And, you know, I know, you know we were talking yesterday about what to do with, with Buchnevich and, and kind of the the hall that you could kind of reset this team with and uh looking at the prices out there that got traded for for Lindholm and Monahan and you, you wonder what Buchnevich could even bring yeah that's something I'm going to write about for the uh for the website and for the paper um he is unique in the sense that he's got a year left on his contract and it's fairly team friendly for his production uh, this is a guy who plays an overall game who can help a team uh, in every way possible in all all game situations. Uh, this is a highly competitive guy. He's uh, the type of guy that, uh, if especially if you're a team that wants to be in the chase for a while, uh, you're going to have to pay, an, I would think, for the Blues to make a move there, uh, an extra premium. You know, get a couple of pieces uh, that can help sooner than later in addition to a high draft pick, in addition to maybe a longer-term prospect. It just seems like if there's going to be anything done there would have to be pretty significant just because Pavel could also be a guy that helps you next year, stay competitive, mm -hmm. keep the train running. And then you can always flip them. If you decide that you really can't put him in the long-term nucleus because of his age, 29 going on 30 next season, then you can get, you know, the traditional first round pick prospect, useful player uh, just as a rental, you know, that he would fetch a high rental price next year. Uh, assuming he's healthy so only to do something this year would have to be something that really gets your attention yeah and that's the uh that's the leverage that Doug Armstrong holds in this situation I mean he he doesn't have to do anything right he can sit there and, and hold and you know say hey Bushnavich can be part of this solution next year and if not then he's a rental late in the year and uh that's the the positive for for Doug Armstrong in, in that situation and you know I Bushnavich has had a little bit more of a, of a tough season than he had in, in the previous years in St. Louis. I mean, uh, production isn't quite the, the point per game guy he was before. Uh, it seems at times to be fumbling the puck a little bit more than he had. And uh, I think there was a spell where he wasn't used to the sticks that he was using to be quite honest. I think he was rotating through some sticks that he, he wasn't uh, used to, to working with. And that probably, translated to a lot of missed shots on net and fumbled pucks and stuff like that. But, you know, that the turnover yesterday that led to the Nylander goal was a, was not a pretty one. And uh, there have been times this year where he, it looks like he's not a, not confident making the right play, but he having said all that, I mean, he still is you know, 5.8 on the cap is, 
a very good price for what he provides as a, as a top line winger, uh, previously a point per game guy that plays all situations and bid minutes for a club. So that's probably the, the bid decision that Doug Armstrong has to navigate, but it's not like he has to make one right now. Another guy that's uh, gotten everybody's attention here lately, um, Tory Krug, you know, with uh, Justin Falk being out, with Scott Perunovic being out, the uh, there's just that much more opportunity for him with the man advantage, which is his uh, his strong suit. But in general, he's been uh, it's rather suddenly productive. Uh, the power play got better, which has certainly helped his numbers, but also he's been able to generate on even strength, playing a lot of confidence. Um, at, at playing up in the up in the offensive zone uh, early and often in games, so he seems like that's what Tory Krug is. He's never going to be a guy that can replace Alex Petrangelo's overall game. He was never going to be able to do that. But you're now seeing fans are now seeing, and maybe other general managers are now seeing Tory Krug doing what Tory Krug can do, which is strictly from an offensive standpoint, uh, you know, be a catalyst. Yeah, and. You know, his last five games, he got nine points, and that does include the five-assist game in Montreal, which, you know, to be fair, there were five secondary assists, but to put yourself in, 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 the, in the right situation so often is still a, a worthwhile thing. And you know, even when you take out that game, you're still saying he's got four points in his last four games uh, as a defenseman, which is uh, still pretty good if you if you throw out a, you know, that, that outlier there. So uh, he's looked more confident um, coming back from the break. Uh, he, he's always had the competitiveness and the fire defending and that's what the blues love about him so much that even when you know he he does have misplays with the pucker he does uh you know have a turnover or not producing offensively he is going to give you what he has uh every night and uh the blues management and coaching staff love that about him you know and we know that the blues tried trading trading him uh in the summer uh he does still have three years left at uh, at six point five million, so I don't know what what kind of team could take that on in the middle of the season. And plus, it would have to get past his no trade laws, of course. And uh, we've seen in the past, Doug Armstrong doesn't really retain salary unless it's for a pure rental, like last year when uh, you know O'Reilly and Tarasenko got dealt. But you know, he's uh, an interesting guy that's suddenly perking up at. at at the right time, if you're Doug Armstrong and you're trying to to move some money out to clear some space on the blue line and then on and on your cap, um, he has but he has played very very well recently, and uh, you know it's definitely a a good sight to see. Even if there are you know a few mishaps here and there, still he he plays so much with the puck, they're going to happen. Yeah, he's going he's trying to create, and uh, yeah. you know as the chief would always say, you know these skilled guys are going to have those things happen. The key is, are they going to? bust her butt to recover <laughs> and uh generally he's the kind of guy who will uh but you have to accept some error with guys who are, are skilled and trying to make things happen you know perhaps you look at his cases once again in this in the offseason um i think with the cap going up given his level of play going through the end of this season looking like that guy who could be a you know a real skilled uh, offensive player on a in a in a in, a, in the right situation for a team you know, and, you know, given he may ponder his situation with his family and if the right place were to emerge uh, as a possibility, I mean, this is something I think he might be more open to. Going to Philadelphia and playing for Tortorella under those circumstances didn't appeal to him. Um, now we'll see. But, you know, back then they tried to get Travis Sanheim, who was going to fit into the nucleus. 
would have been a great trade as it turns out because Sanheim really broke out for the Flyers. Didn't happen, but that's the type of thing that Doug still wants to do. He wants that type of player, the Sanheim aged player who can plug into his top four, uh, who's going to be around for a while. And yeah, he's and, going to keep searching for that. And like just in terms of, I mean, forget the what the return could be like for for Crude and just trying to pick out what teams could even be interested in a midseason acquisition of of a guy like him. I mean, we we all know that you know Sergeyev is out in Tampa and um behind you know, headman there, there's not a ton of punch um offensively for for Tampa on the back end there uh I mean this this Toronto team I think we've seen him without Morgan Riley and you know yesterday they ran out Timothy Lilgren as their uh power play one quarterback and is that really a uh the, the defensive depth that that they sort of need uh if they're going to make a run at the Stanley Cup um you know, those are Eastern Conference teams too, or to Atlantic Division teams that that uh, crew probably know pretty well, um, and that are contending. So, uh, I don't know for a fact that that those are interested teams or anything like that, but just kind of trying to pick out suitors uh, that could be something that of, of interest. I mean, as we talked about before, I mean, these guys are men; they have families, they have kids, they have wives, they have lives. Um, do they want to move midseason? I don't know, but. If you're Doug Armstrong and you're seeing the way Tory Krug is playing, you have to you have to see what's out there. Another guy that's interesting because he's been on the connected to the Blues forever, uh, Jacob uh, Chikrin here. Uh, he go ends up in Ottawa. He's got I go with another year left on his deal. They're very team friendly, right? And then he's going to need some major coin. Um, he uh, Ottawa is in a situation where they've made some significant investments on the blue line. They've got a lot of guys to sign. They got a lot of talent. They're not very good as far as one wins and losses. Um, they're going to have to figure out who they're going to pay and who they're not going to pay. So there's some thought that he could become available. Um, that's a guy that Doug's always liked. That's a guy that Doug would have to get under contract going forward. And, you know, given the, given everything that's gone on with him, I mean, probably gets more than the six, five that everybody else is getting on the blue line, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would think there's a chance they could look at that. But what the Blues can't do is give up future assets to get a guy like that because they need future assets to, to add, not subtract. Imagine your home totally organized. Closets by Design is offering forty percent off plus free installation. Schedule your free consultation today. Call one eight hundred by Design for details. That's one eight hundred by Design. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Yeah, I mean, well, if I'm Ottawa, I'm at least trying to recoup what I what I traded to Arizona to to get him. You know, maybe uh, slightly less, just because you did get a year of hockey out of him. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not all the way sold on on guys like like Chitrin or, or even Noah Hannafin, um, partially because of their skill set and partially because of their contract. I mean this would be a situation where you trade for him and you got to resign him to a, a long extension. And um, the blues have tried that. <laughs> the, the blues have tried that uh, uh, many, many times before uh, you look at the current blue line right now. I mean, 
Falk was, you know, the trade and the extension were basically announced at the same time. Uh, obviously, different circumstances for you know guys like Scandella and Letty, and um, but those were you know rental trades that you end up signing to extensions, and obviously different points in the career, different calibers of players. Um, but I, I'm if you're collecting a bunch of twos and threes uh, on defense, it doesn't seem to be much of a delineation from what they've tried to do in the last few years where you say we don't need a pure number one that can do everything, all situations, all matchups and produce. Uh, you're saying we can kind of piecemeal it together with a bunch of number two and number three guys uh, getting a Chitrin or Hannafin doesn't really kind of, kind of move that for me. I mean, I know number one defensemen don't come around very often. It's just, it's just what it's, they stay on a team for a long time. But when you look at guys like, like Chitrin or Hannafin and you say, where do they fit on a team like Boston? Are they the third best defenseman there? Are they behind McAvoy and Lindholm? They love team like Carolina. Are they behind Burns and Slavin? Uh, you know, even a team, like uh, even that, like Dallas, their blue line's not very deep, but are they behind Hastings and Harley? Like it's, it's not, these guys aren't the, the bona fides that I would be kind of willing to, to go all in on. Well, the trouble is, and this sounds like we have, uh, as we talk about the Cardinals over on our Cardinal uh, podcast and on our videos and in my live chats, uh, yeah, they, none of these guys are number one pitchers that you uh, you can acquire. Well, they just don't exist. You know, there's there's only a handful of them. And you, so good luck, unless you want to pay an extreme price for one who might or might not in a given year be number one. The same, I guess the same problem with the, the D-men, you know, the least if you're getting twos and threes that are of a different age group, would that would be the argument. I mean, to me, the biggest concern yeah. is, you know, you need, to, you need to get better on the blue line, but you need to have guys in the right age group. No, that's right a good now, point. You've got guys that are twos and threes or fours fives we're older yes i mean that is a good point i mean uh you know chicken is 25 right now and um you know it's you know five six seven years younger than than the current group on the blue line for the blue so i do understand that but you know uh I think did I just hear you? You call Jacob Chikrin Lance Lynn? Is that it? Is that what you <laughs> well, said? No, I mean, I mean that's no. about what you're. He'd be a little <laughs> better than that, I think. Uh, you know, yeah, they've got some Lance Lynns on the on this team uh, for sure. Uh, Chikrin, where would he? Where would we put him? Because of his age, he would be like somebody's uh, number four starter that's just younger than the guys you've got. Which, in the case of the the Cardinals, for instance, you know, or Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. And then Sonny Gray is a is a number one who wouldn't be a number one on any other team, pretty much. But he is here, so yeah, it's interesting. Um, the challenge is again trying to feed that age group, and uh, you know that would be the appeal. Uh, I know our, our friend Luke Quark was trying to sell you on Noah Hannafin, uh, just because of the age and the fact that on this team he could at least fit in, uh, and he would fit the age group. But we're talking like, and your argument was, well, but if this was a cup contender, where would he be? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it was essentially the same conversation we just yeah. had. Uh, just put him on Boston, <laughs> put him on Carolina, and what is he there? Put him back on Carolina, right? <laughs> and what, what is he there? And uh, yeah, it, it's. I was well rehearsed for this one today since we already talked about it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> now, what you want to do? What you want to do is what the uh, the Wild did, and as they traded for Brock Faber, a kid who did not, who wanted to, you know, really wanted to stay in the state of hockey, did not was not as interested in SoCal. 
And so that was a like a good hockey trade. Uh, Kevin Fiala is a nice player. He goes out to L.A. and and the Wild get a really good player back. Now I don't know if Faber, Faber will be a a career All Star, but he to me is a top pairing guy, right? He's really playing at that level as a rookie. He's pretty. It's pretty damn impressive. So that's the kind of guy you'd love to get. Is was is somebody out there holding on to a Brock Faber that you could get for a Pavel Buchnevich? Huh? Is somebody? Is anybody? Anybody? Well, I mean uh, the. The Jamie Drysdale ship already sailed, right? I mean, if, if he was uh, out there, you know, willing to be traded by Anaheim, and uh, you know, then the Flyers stepped up with the the Dodier trade. So, you know, it's I wonder if uh, there's a match to be made in in New Jersey for for one of their defensive prospects. They have a ton of them, um, you know. Uh, with the new GM in Columbus, does does some of their young talent shake loose? I mean. Uh, they do have uh, it was is a Yurichik, right? That's a young young defenseman over there, and um, there are young prospects out there for teams that might be looking to fill other holes or that have uh, will have a new GM in in Columbus, and um, there are options, but it's going to take some uh, finagling, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Now, you look at this team in terms of lesser deals, minor deals. The one thing the Blues have, they have guys who have um, are solid pros, uh, solid uh, middle-of-your-lineup guys or back-of-your-lineup guys uh, who have won elsewhere. Thinking in particular of uh, Brandon Sod and Nick Letty, two really good guys who are doing solid jobs this year. But this is a team that's a fringe playoff team, um, fringe number eight seed. Uh, other teams could could see them having have as having some value um, cap flexibility with something that would appeal to uh, to Doug Armstrong, but are these guys would these guys want to go to a winner, or do they really don't really have to? <laughs> so um, because they already won before, you're saying? Yeah, they won before, and they've got contracts, and so yeah, they're not looking to upgrade, you know, improve their stock because their stock's established. So. But to me, I mean, those are two interesting guys on this team that I could see other teams having an interest in. I just don't know if there's any under the the restrictions, whether the, these are things that would, one, would there be much of a yield? And uh, is this something that could actually happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I still would think the contracts are, are a bit scary. For If you're if a team kind of pit, taking them on, you're probably going to be pretty close to the cap. And you see Brandon Saad at, at 15 goals this year, and he's usually around 20. Yeah. Uh, but you know, four and a half million for two more years after this, um, when he's already thirty-one. Uh, I mean, he was playing fourth line minutes yesterday. Uh, that was the fourth line by ice time. That that Saad Hayes, uh, Blay line yesterday. So it's not an ideal contract, I would say, if you're a team looking at him. And you know, honestly, we haven't given enough love to to Nick Letty this year. I know he had a rough game yesterday uh, with the turnover on the nice goal and, um, and on the PK for the Matthews goal. But last year, I know we talked a ton about him not being a, a fit for a shutdown role and a, and a top PK role uh, alongside Colton Pareko. And whether it's his play is a product of Pareko's resurgence this year uh, or whether he's more comfortable with it, uh, he's not been a, an eyesore. Well, <laughs> I feel like I should have been nicer than that if, if I'm giving him flowers, but uh, he has been better than he was last year. And, and he does deserve credit for that um, kind of adjusting more to uh, 
that shutdown role with Colton Pareko and uh, and playing on the PK. And I know the advanced numbers don't really like that pair, but just seeing what they do on a nightly basis, they have been a, a pretty good top pair for this team. Well, yeah, and he survived. I mean, look, this is we yeah. talk about him all the time. This is a guy that's a, your basic second PP, uh, third line guy that's a supporting cast offensive defenseman who's suddenly late in his career been thrust into playing the hardest minutes possible yeah. on a team. And, you know, he's a pro. And, you know, he's a winner. He's a pro. And he's, you know, he's dug in. Uh, and he's 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 made himself a much better overall player because he survived in this role, something that I'm sure some some coaches that had him before would be pleasantly surprised to see how much he has been able to do just because, you know, he, he was this guy and now he's a different guy, really, because he's had to be for the Blues. So I had to think that teams will – there's going to have to be an interest in him. Now, again, what does he want? Um, and, you know, at some point, somebody's got to go for the cap flexibility and the age factor, right? And he's a guy – I know he could help a lot of teams. And maybe like a, a salary retention deal, which, you know – Armstrong may have to do just to get something done, but uh, and maybe Nick wanted to go someplace for where he has a chance to win again. Um, so I don't know, man. It's it's a thought. If I was looking at this team from the outside, because those guys are winners, and depending on if there was some retention possibility or whatever, um, those would be guys I target. Yeah, I mean, I I understand the thinking, but it, to me, the the term, the age, the numbers, they're. They're restrictive uh, to me, but I, I understand uh, the point. And, you know, veterans always tend to be a little more valued around the trade deadline um, than maybe other times of the year. So I, I get what you're saying. Well, it's just and coaches have comfort and guys that are predictable, yeah. guys that have been there. You know how it is. They'll, people overpay for that element. <laughs> So uh, that that would at least be the hope if there was a chance to do something from the Blues. I mean, well, remember when uh, when Ben Sherratt got like a first round pick? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Ben's a willing combatant. You know, nobody's ever going to doubt that. But he's a third pairing guy who can run into people. That's you don't. Is he really going to make great plays with the puck under duress in a two two playoff game? Is that the guy you want out there? Uh, you know, probably not. I mean, will, will he add to your team an element? Sure. But yeah, I mean. I mean, I, it just – you look at some of the moves. I mean, Monaghan, a really nice bounce-back year, but, boy, he's been through the mill as a player and, and with the injuries and such, and yeah, Winnipeg's thrilled to get him. So, um, you know, it's and willing to pay a price for it. So it's, uh, it's that time of year with teams that think they have a chance to win, like Winnipeg, people are willing to pay prices. Okay, last thing on the net front this time, um, need to give a shout-out to. I don't think he's going to be able to help the team next year just because of the, the developmental arc of these players, but, uh, boy, Bull Duke down in Springfield, at least has put up some production lately. Uh, had a three point game. He's had a little, little bit, what, six points in seven games. It was a pretty rough start for him in Springfield, but I guess he started to make some progress before the Drew Bannister uh, promotion. He started to take some strides. Um, not a bad sign to see. It's, it's about what you'd expect for a guy going from the Q to the A because there's a whole two different worlds. The American hockey league is a whole different world than playing the Q. And, you know, when I spoke to people in, in mid-January or so uh, about Bolduc and the development of his game, the the Blues were, were very happy with where he was at. Uh, even if the production wasn't there, they, they liked where overall game was at in, in terms of kind of playing away from the puck and, and competing and skating and stopping and um, doing those things. And, and now the, the production starts to come a little bit more. I mean, Got you know six points in his last seven games, and that's a far cry from the really tough start he had to the season. And uh, 
sometimes it takes it takes a year or two. Um, you know, I, I have to lean back on Dallas experience, but they have you know two of the top players in the AHL this season: Logan Stankoven and Matt Bork and Maverick Bork. Also came from the Cube, uh, had a rough rookie year last year in the AHL, and became one of the best players in the league this year. So it's development's not a linear process. And sometimes it does take offensive guys from from the queue to a little bit to adjust and a little bit to time. And uh, these are welcome signs for the Blues uh, down in Springfield. And even when Zach Dean's getting going a little bit. Um, and their team about a month ago w- was really going through the ringer, to be honest. Uh, you know, Goddett was was in the NHL. Uh, Walker was in the NHL. Kessel was up. Uh, Zarenko was hurt. Dean's hurt. Uh, Petra missed a game or two. McGinn was out. You know, Rosen's up in the NHL now. Uh, McCheckering's out for the season. They they had a lot of guys going in and out of the lineup and went through a little bit of a rough rough spot there. So, uh, encouraging to see, you know, guys like the young guys like like Bolduc and Dean kind of take a, a smaller step forward and um, continue on that path of development. All right. Well, that's a happy note to end on because we've been a little critical. I mean, not terribly critical, but just realistic about the team and where it stands as the uh, trade deadline approaches and really tough games between now and then for sure. Um, some uh, reality checks have been experienced. Uh, this team has done, I think, a good job to stay in the chase under the circumstances of the season. But, uh, you know, this, they are where they are. So these issues that we'll be continuing to discuss in the net front will uh, include a lot of discussion about uh, the years to come. But until next time, because we'll have more to talk about that next week, I'm sure. Until next time, uh, for Matt, I'm Jeff. This has been the Netfront Presence. A reminder that all of our videos, and there are a lot of videos from spring training uh, with the Cardinals, and a lot of coverage that you can't get in the print edition, uh, which we still have plenty of stuff in the print edition, but there's plenty more on the on the website. So we're going to remind you, as always, to uh, check out stltoday.com if you're coming to this podcast through one of your favorite podcast apps. Uh, And again, tell your friends about us. Uh, Tell your friends to subscribe and support us. Until next time, for Matt, I'm Jeff. See ya. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.